It is three minutes past 11, and as promised, I have joining us Sarah Morris, singer-songwriter extraordinaire. Good morning, Sarah. Good morning, Karen. How are you? I'm doing great. So, Sarah, let's get a little background about you. You're going to be coming down next Tuesday and doing a concert, and I know you're also part of a group called The Home Fires, in addition to being a solo artist, correct? That's true, yeah. So let's hear about you, you Sarah. Are you Were you born in the Twin Cities, a Minnesotan from birth, or what's your background? Yeah, i Minnesotan from birth. Yep, I grew up mostly right by the state fair. So oh. I feel like <laughs> most people can, uh, can like kind of figure out where I'm from. And um, I went to school in Wisconsin. I lived a bit in Chicago, and then I lived a bit in Nashville. But then I came back. Um, as a late 20-something with my husband and, and put down roots not far from where we grew up. So we live in Shoreview, which is just oh. a little bit north of, of of where we grew up. Where did so, you go to school yeah. in Wisconsin? Which of the schools? Uh, Lawrence University. Okay. So they have a, it's a little liberal arts college in Appleton, Wisconsin. Um, they have a music conservatory there. So I, I learned a lot about uh, classical music and which, even though I don't sing classically anymore, really served both, um, I think, healthy vocal production. That means I can sing, like, all the time, and that's a good thing, right? Right. <laughs> and then without without damaging my voice. And then also, they really, such a strong emphasis on theory there, which helped a lot when I moved to Nashville, actually. Helped me kind of, I mean, as a songwriter, theory is invaluable, but also there's a lot of the way that Nashville writers talk about um, harmonic structures that mm-hmm. actually sounded kind of like Bach to me, to my little brain at the time. So, um, so yeah, so that's where Appleton to Nashville was that journey. Well, let's start earlier than that. So when you were a little kid, were you singing around the house? Did your parents make you take piano lessons or what sort of started this journey? Did you, did you hear your parents? <laughs> I was going to say, did your parents play some certain music and you said, I'm going to do that or, or what? Um, I don't, you know, both my parents love music, mm-hmm. and so music was always on, and my aunt, we lived right next door to my aunt, and she also was a big musician, so their music was always around. My uncle was in a rock band, my parents met because my mom was being a groupie, and my dad was running sound, so music was just definitely, it was in the water, for sure, and um, they made me take piano lessons. Both of them said they wished they would have taken piano lessons when they were young. They didn't get to. I had to. <laughs> but yeah. I, I really did love it. Um, and then they let me take voice lessons once I was old enough to make that make sense. And, yeah, I mean, it was always... I was also a kid of the MTV generation, so I kind of wanted to be Cyndi Lauper. <laughs> kind of wanted to be Madonna. <laughs> you know, that was that was there, too. Well, I wanted to be Olivia Newton-John, so... And I'm older than you, so I yeah. guess... I, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I mean, I had that same thing when I was a kid, but you kept on with it. And, you know, I did it, and it was fun, and I, you know, got a, a job in journalism then. So what makes one so dedicated that they say, yep, I'm going to be Cindy Lauper when I grow up and actually do that. Right. Uh, you know, there just was never a plan B. Oh. My love for singing is such in a way, I mean, I got a degree in teaching. I oh. shouldn't say there, but I just very quickly in music teaching and music ed. And it was not, it was right away clear to me that that was not going to work um, for, for my heart. And Yeah, I just, I love singing, and I love songs. Songs have always been, even before I had the courage to try writing them, 
my deep love for specific songs was really um, something that kind of took up a lot of space in my brain. So as a kid then, and my heart, what songs were fulfilling you back then? I mean, you mentioned a couple of uh, pop singers. Was there other things that Mm -hmm. just sort of worked its way into your being? Well, I remember, since you said Cindy Lauper, I remember getting into an argument with my parents about True Colors and defending, like, how Cindy Lauper was forever because of True Colors. And my parents were, they did not think Cindy Lauper was uh, a classic on par with some of their choices. But, uh, you know, things, musicals were a big deal and standards in my house. Edelweiss is a song that was so uh, special to my mom and I. And, um, there that I have a really deep connection and understanding how a melody can, you know, even now, like just take me back to being a kid in her arms, you know, things like that. Um, and then when I got older, I mean, I went through a phase where I was really in love with Mariah Carey and I would type the lyrics out to her song so that I could understand them. And also so that I could be surrounded by, you know, oh, she understands how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then then it kind of segued in mid high school into my boyfriend at the time who became my husband. He introduced me to '90s country, and you know the song that really changed everything for me was there's a Kathy Matea song, and this is actually co-written by someone from Minnesota. Where have you been? And it was played on the Grammys, and I had never heard of Kathy Matea or that song, but it made me cry and. I just, that understanding, like, a song can do that. Um, so that was a game-changer song for me. Really? Interesting. Those are a few. Have you ever had a chance to meet and sing with her since? No. That oh. would be exciting. <laughs> See? That would be very exciting. There yeah. you go. There, there's your next bucket list thing for you. I like it. Yes. When did you start actually writing then? I mean, were you in love with English or poetry or anything like that? Or did it just something happen one day and you said, I'm going to write songs? Yeah, I always loved, not poetry, but I always loved books. I was mm. always reading. Um, so words on page has always meant a lot to me. I, with the songwriting, it always really scared me because I loved songs so much. And then when I got ready to move to Nashville, I made the plans. I was saving the money, and somebody gave me a book, and it was, I wish I still had it, but the title was essentially like, the things you have to know if you're moving to Nashville to, oh. to make it in the music business. Okay. I mean, that was, that's a little long, but it was like that. Uh-huh. And it was pretty much right away, hey, do you think you're moving to become a singer? Well, if you're in Nashville, you have to also be a songwriter. Uh-huh. And so that was what made me face my fear of, okay, I guess I have to start trying to write. And I had a really good friend from musical theater here in town who she did write songs and so I said would you be willing to write a few songs with me and so we wrote three songs and I recorded those three songs on a demo and I took that demo down to Nashville and was like I'm a songwriter now (laughs) Wow! and um yeah you know and then I obviously did not take me long to be like oh Sarah you know everyone's down there with their demos but I'm so glad I won so glad I had the nerve to do that and the support from my parents to take that leap because then once I got to Nashville even though I really had no sense of what I was doing, people were so friendly and so willing to to give it a try, to try writing with me. You know, it, I think I found it to be a very inviting town, a really? very 
uh, welcoming community in that way. You know, I got a job at a restaurant, like you're supposed to do, and everybody's a songwriter. Everybody is a songwriter from somewhere else. Everyone I met was. And so everyone was like, yeah, well, maybe you, maybe you might be the next. Why not? Let's write together. So, uh, so yeah, I did. I found it to be a really great welcoming space and I learned a lot while being there. Now see I always imagine you moving down to Nashville it's a bit cutthroat because everybody wants to be the next Dolly Parton or whoever and so I mm-hmm. I guess my imagination was you go down there and it's you're sort of a little fish in a big pond or something but was it there some of that? Yeah. Well you know I think there would have I think there's well yes little fish for sure we're all little fishes down there but um but it was a friendly pond. That's what I would say. And then had I maybe pursued the cutthroatness maybe could have occurred if I'd kept singularly pushing for that like artist development deal. I could see that being more of a thing, but I never went all the way down that path. Now, what does that mean? What does that mean? I'm not sure. What is it? Yeah, like it's probably different now, right? This is the early 2000s and so like the the scene changes all the time but i think at the time there was the dream of getting a record deal that would involve someone deciding that you were worth investing money and effort and time in to be a certain kind of artist and so then they would groom you towards you know being what's on the radio i guess right right? there there was a there was a mold that they would often you know, that this is the money-making mold. And I think that if I'd gone down that path of, like, I want to be on CMT, I want to sell out arenas, I want to be Shania, I want to mm-hmm. be Trisha Yearwood, then that probably would have had some amount of cutthroatness. But I never, even though singing is always the dream, that kind of singing wasn't really the dream. Okay, in so... In the same way as, yeah. So you were down there for a while, you wrote some songs with people, so... Then you came back. So tell me about that journey. Why didn't you stay down there? What brought you home? Yeah, my husband wanted to go to law school, and he got a scholarship back home. And we knew that we'd want to have babies and that we knew we'd want to raise the babies by the grandparents. So it was a pretty easy call. We lived in Nashville for four years, and that I always think of it as the grad school of my life. (laughs) You know, I learned so much, made such wonderful friends. And also, it's felt like a good time to come back and um when I got home it was really nice to I found my footing a bit more as a performer I was able to start to make tiny bits of money singing my songs in public which Mm -hmm. never happened in Nashville Ah. um and that was kind of exciting and then got more acclimated at like playing guitar for myself and started forming a band and you know, just took a lot of baby steps. I mean, it's been uh, 17 years, I guess, 16 and a half, like half since we moved back home. And, you know, over that decade and a half, like I've really worked slow and steady to build a songwriting career and a band and a community that I make music with. And it's really been lovely. So the moving back was, was right on time. Well, so Sarah, let me ask you this. You said your husband went to school to be a lawyer. Did he do that? Yes, he did. So that doesn't hurt to to be a musician and have someone who's making a steady income, because otherwise I think that would make it harder. Is that true, or is that just me making that up? 
No, I think you're so right. Okay. I'm deeply fortunate, deeply fortunate that I'm able to, you know, I think the kind of music making that I do is possible because, I mean, I'm also a mom. We've got two kids. So, um, so I'm, there is some fluidity that like my job does not have to support the family. My job has to support itself, mm-hmm. but you know what I mean? But like, I don't have, yeah. I'm very, very fortunate in that way in that I, I do feed the family. For sure, I make all the dinners. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know? Well, because a lot of musicians I've talked to over the years talk about, you know, living in their car or couch surfing with friends yeah. and, and things like that. Yeah. And so I'm just wondering if that was something you had to do or maybe... That's never you... been my story. No. Okay. I, no. By the time I started touring, because I was really late to that game, I was old enough to be like, even if it means I lose, like, spend all the money on a hotel bed, I'm sleeping in a hotel. <laughs> okay. There is no world <laughs> where, no, yes. Sarah Morris did not <laughs> want to sleep in the park. <laughs> no, Sarah Morris does not. Sarah Morris would rather, yes, that's true. Now, you mentioned having <laughs> we're kids. we're really getting into the nitty-gritty. Have you had any children yet, or is that something in the future, perhaps? You yeah, no, we have two kids. I've oh. got a 13-year-old and a 10-year-old. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are they into music as yeah. well? They're into music. Not in, yeah, they're definitely both music lovers. It looks different than, my, like, my daughter's, my daughter is singing all the time in her bedroom. So I guess okay. that's the same, right? She's, she's definitely following into that, into that mold. Um, my son, he loves music and he's into um, kind of chasing down whatever melody is in, in his head and making it happen on piano, really? but neither of them like the piano lessons that I'm making them take. So. My, you know, Sarah, it my parents I, made me do it, I think, <laughs> 11 years of, of piano lessons, so I did that, too. Yep. And, you know, I sing nowadays. It's in church, and I've had a couple of little bands just for fun and stuff, but, um, you know, that that training in the background, I think, like you mentioned, it it is helpful for, even if you don't pursue that musical direction for your your career i think it's still beneficial oh yes i absolutely agree yeah now what sorts of things do you usually write about when you write your your songs Mm. i mean i write a lot about um i think that my songs often have a domestic flavor, right? I write about what I know, and what I know is, like, living, you know, with my husband and my kids and my parents nearby, and, you know, but, so, you're going to hear it have a lot of domestic references. I also love nature. There's a ton of that in there, but really, what I'm writing about all the time is just how we as humans want to feel connected, you know, things that get in the way of connection, things that help us with connection. I think the reason I love songs so much is because it's the chance to feel known by another person. Just like I was saying when I was a little girl and I would listen to Mariah Carey and I'd be like, how does she know (laughs) what I'm talking about or what I'm feeling when I'm not telling people my feelings? You know, I think that is always the dream. Can I offer something that maybe someone's having a hard time putting into words in their own life via a song? That would be great. That's usually um, where I go. I mean, I have songs about kindness, songs about running away from home, you know, <laughs> like songs about breaking hearts. I have songs about everything, but underneath it at all, it's just 
you know, about messy humanity and, and let's, let's accept each other a little bit more. You know, earlier this week we had Pieta Brown as the guest here mm. at Minnesota State, who also is part of the music performance series. And, you know, her songwriting is so much different than yours because she grew up in, in a home where she talked about, you know, they didn't have running water, they had an outhouse, you know, they didn't. And really? it was just, yeah, and so she never had a TV. And so hers is based on some of those more hardships and things, which I think a lot of singers are. So you're, uh, in yeah. a, a sense, yours will probably be very different experience for people. Yeah, I think so. I mean, she's a phenomenal writer yeah. and obviously comes from a phenomenally <laughs> amazing musical home. Yeah, I think if, if you're coming to the show on Tuesday, I think, I mean, I'm bringing the full band, which is really oh. for fun. We're going to have violin that night, which is great, bass, drums, um, and electric guitar, and but tasteful. It's not like rocking. It's, he's Thomas is amazing. He's been playing with me for um, 11 years. He's just such an inspiration as uh, his guitar playing has really influenced my work over the years. Um, so we're going to have a really good time. I really love to, one of the things that I talk about a lot is big love, having big love, like how can we come together in the moment and just find some joy and there will be sad songs. Absolutely. <laughs> but I think the overarching feeling is going to be one of brightness and, and, and connection. Who's in your band then? Who, who, uh, who are the other folks coming down with you and the sometimes guys? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So we call them sometimes guys because they play with me sometimes uh-huh. and it's a somewhat like changing group of yeah. humans, but we're bringing Lars Eric Larson. He's been with me since 2014 and is a really dear friend and collaborator. Nick Salisbury is going to be on bass. He is amazing. Uh, Thomas Nordland has been my guitar player since 2011, and he's just a magnificent human being and a player. And then Haley Rydell, who is a phenomenal singer-songwriter in her own right, um, and she's a member of band Buffalo Gospel. She was in the Lowland Lakers. She will be playing violin and adding harmonies, and I don't get to have her with me very often, so that is a huge treat because she's often on the road. But um, And she's going to sing a song of her own as well because she's getting ready to release her debut album. So. Really? Yay! Okay. Well, now, your album yeah. now, you've come up with, you have a new one, correct? Uh, I will have a new one will. coming out in May. I have, um, I released a holiday album. That would right. have been the newest. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. So what and then can- I've got... All Mine was the last big album that we released. Actually, our release show for All Mine was on February 7th, 2020. So it'll be three years since that day. Um, And yeah, so I like to spend February 7th. (laughs) I like to celebrate the anniversary with my band. It'll be good. What does this next album look like? What can we expect? Yeah, so Here's to You. It's going to be out in early May. And I'm working with a producer that I've never worked with before. His name is Dave Mayling, and he's a genius. Um, this upcoming album has a real strong emphasis on harmony, on layers of, um, I don't know, I, I almost there's almost moments of like, I want to say Beach Boys, but I, I don't, you know, I would never, I'm not nearly as cool as a Beach Boys. <laughs> emphasis on stacked vocals. So there's, oh, I love, I love that. And I, I sing a ton on this album. And Dave and I, we had one week where we had the band together and tracked as per usual, like everyone's in the same room. We're all 
exchanging ideas. And then once those tracks were down, the rest of the album really was kind of once a week, I would go to Dave's house and we would, I would sing and I would sing and I would sing and we would layer those vocals. And then Dave is making cool things happen with that. And so that's, it's unlike anything I've ever done before. And then the songs, here's to you. There's a lot of, everything's kind of a conversation. Every song in there is really like directed. It's, it's like the imagining of a moment in between two people. So, well, there's nothing I love more than than layers and, and harmonies, so I can't wait to get that. Make oh, sure you good. have your folks send that to me, because I'd love to play that. Yes, I will do that. I will All right. Do that. I will do that. Well, I want to thank you for your time and visiting with, with us. It sounds like it's going to be a great concert, yeah. and, uh, you know, just a delightful person that you are, very upbeat. Is, is that how you are most of the time? Because you seem like somebody I'd want to, you know, be friends with. <laughs> I think, it, well, that's nice. I'll be your friend. Okay. Yeah, I think, I'm, I think I'm pretty upbeat. You know, I was just telling a friend, I was like, gosh, I am having the winter doldrums right now, <laughs> yes. for sure. So, I mean, definitely a human being, but I think that one of the, here's my little, my last thing to say. Every Friday, I go on the internet and I uh, say, tell me something good, and I share five good things that I found in the world, and I ask people to share that as well. And people like will tell me that on my Facebook, and it is one of the very best things that I I look for, so forward to it every week. And I think that piece, of, I that's what I want to be part of in the world. So I love that. I, yeah, Sarah, thank you so much for your time. We uh, will look forward to having you back thank next you, week, and and uh, have a great rest of your day. Yes, you too. Thanks, Karen. You bet. Bye-bye. What a delightful gal she is. I'm going to play the song she mentioned that had a huge influence on her when she heard it. It just made her feel like I'm going to influence others with my music, too. And that's, she mentioned Kathy Mateo, Where Have You Been? And I'm going to play that right now as one of her most influential songs she had.